Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I have some thought-provoking, inspirational words for you Jedis out there using whatever manifestation tools you've got. Your wishing machines, your miraculous prayer boards, your wands, everything you have in order to assist in this fight, good versus evil, to conquer the globalist powers that are trying to enslave us right now in the world and uh, take away a lot of our, our freedoms. I mean, you know what's happening. You see for yourself. I'm not being... Uh, I'm not being overly dramatic. Unfortunately, I wish I were, but you see what's potentially happening here. It's affecting every single one of us on an individual basis now. You can't, you can't ignore it. Um, and this is a particularly important year. I mean, I'm going to tell you something about psychotronic warfare, and I'll explain what that is. And also um, give you an example of how, just how important that you are, okay? I'm talking to you. Just how important that you are right now. And that is because, you know, here in the United States, we have this big election coming up in early November. It's the election for the U.S. presidency and then there are lots of other politicians up for election this time time uh, around uh, governors and various city council people in in certain areas uh, around the country etc but um we want this year to end on a good note don't we now it's not going to end on a good note for everybody because everybody can't win it's like going to a football game however it turns out you can pretty well be assured if, when everybody's walking out the door, 50% of them are probably going to be pissed, you know, more or less. <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully whoever loses doesn't go out and decide to burn the stadium down, right? But we want this year to end on a good note. And I know there are people who listen to this show all over the world. And so I, I don't want to just emphasize what's happening here in the USA because that I'm an American, and I am broadcasting to you here from Las Vegas, Nevada. But you have to face the fact that if the globalists take the United States of America over, then they are going to definitely take over your country. And here's what I mean by that. Everyone should be proud of his or her country. But the United States is a special place. And what I mean by that is, well, for example, scientists came here from all over the world and created the atomic bomb, you know, the, the biggest bomb at the time. <laughs> they have, they've gotten bigger, but scientists came from all over the world here and worked with our military and our taxpayer dollars to create the atomic bomb, and revolutionize weaponry and warfare. Scientists came here from all over the world and worked with our government to put the first human being on the moon. 
I mean, this is the country where Silicon Valley revolutionized technology and ushered in this computerized internet era that we live in. You have to realize that we right now in the United States of America, we have the most powerful military in the world. Now, the Chinese are making a hell of a lot of progress. But as of right now, this country has the most powerful military in the world. So if you are a globalist, and we've talked about what that means in the past, I'm not going to be redundant. You can go back and listen to me harp on that subject. If you are a globalist and you want to take over the world, that's within your nature to do that, and you control the United States of America, Done deal. If you control this country, you have the tools at your disposal to control the entire world. And one of the reasons in this country that we look up to George Washington, our very first president, is because after winning the revolution, everybody wanted to make Washington the king of America. And Washington was just appalled by this idea. And he said, listen, we just finished defeating one King George. We don't need another one. He liked the idea of keeping this in more humble, reasonable human context that, you know, you can call me Mr. President. Uh, I will not have unlimited power. No president will ever have unlimited power. There will be a system of checks and balances in place. And he could have continued being president as long as he wanted. But instead, he served two terms, four years each, and then he voluntarily gave up the position and said, okay, I've done my duty, now I'm going to go and enjoy my life on my farm and my estate. And not long after that, he died. So they say it's almost uh, unheard of for somebody in that position to surrender power like that. And that is really an important aspect of the government that we set up here. Um, that's why you should never really be too afraid of who is the president because the president has very limited powers. What's blown my mind this year is how much power these local uh, politicians are exercising all of a sudden. I, I mean, I in my life, I've never seen governors and mayors and city council people and local DAs and stuff like going out and creating some kind of extremely specific pocket of policies in an isolated place and saying, it's an emergency, so I can do whatever the hell I want, you know. I've never seen that happen before. So, we're you know, that's the thing. We're always learning how, how this process works. But, again, my point is, if you get somebody in there who is in a position of, of power who wants to take over the world, somebody who doesn't think like, uh, like George Washington, if you get a power, and I'm, I'm not talking about the person. I'm talking about the power behind the person. Because we all know that politicians are ultimately just puppets. Because you can't become a politician unless you have these you know, gigantic supporters behind you financially and, and, and people who get your word out there and all that. So 
a president, for example, is just a representation of a whole set of ideas. And so if the people who have a set of ideas that are globalist ideas get into a position of power, then um, that's actually even scarier than having an individual. Because if there's an individual, well, you can do something about one person, but it's much more difficult to do something about a whole gigantic network of of people with an ideology you know that's uh, it's like fighting a, a swarm of bees you know you probably have better luck fighting off one lion than a whole swarm of bees so anyway that's why it's important that's why it's important for us to to take the tools that we have and you might be thinking oh but josh it's David and Goliath. It's too big. What am I going to do? I'm sitting here in my house, whatever your house may be. Maybe you even barely have a house. Wherever you are, whatever, you know, wherever you're laying down to sleep, and you, you say, well, it's, it's just little old me. What can I do about this? I can't do anything about these people who have billions of dollars and all the support and jets and advertisements. And what, what am I going to do? I'm going to show you just how powerful that you are in this podcast. So, so you want to hear that. But before I dig into this more deeply, I just want to say for one thing, we have a lot of new listeners to this podcast, and that is thanks in large part to the new episode of Beyond Belief that was released on Gaia TV this past Wednesday. And, of course, that is the show hosted by George Norrie. And, wow, has the feedback from that just been wonderful. Everybody loves it. Uh, It's always sort of shocking to me to see how many people are watching Gaia TV. Because when one of those episodes hit, like, I get all these emails and all these people start hitting my website and uh, and that gives me a lot of hope and a very good feeling because it says, hey, these are folks who are, you know, instead of uh, feeding all this kind of like fear porn into their heads 24-7 that you get from the mainstream, quote unquote, free media, you can go there, you can pay a small fee and subscribe and you have just this giant library of uh, things that can open your mind, you know, and uh, things that can at least give you points of view that maybe you've never thought of before. I mean, Guy TV really does a fantastic job. That's why I've appeared on George's uh, TV show there, Beyond Belief. Uh, I guess this was my fourth appearance. And we talked about, gosh, listen to this. This show is 43 minutes, no commercials, just 43 straight minutes of I'm sitting in a chair across from George Norrie, host of Coast to Coast AM. We're just talking back and forth. We covered invisibility, ghosts, UFOs, how thoughts affect matter, EVP and alien communication, gravity and the paranormal, sigils, uh, the miraculous prayer board. I'm not kidding. We had good quality segments on all these things over 43 minutes. Fastest 43 minutes that you'll probably ever see in your life. But still, I mean, it's a very satisfying 43 minutes. And, in fact, people can leave comments, you know, when they go to the Gaia uh, TV website 
and watch these online. And you can watch a free preview. I, I posted it at, on my Twitter page, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And uh, just one of the first comments I saw said, we, we need 10 episodes of this, and I would binge watch the whole thing. And then all these other people were chiming in saying, absolutely, I echo that. Like, we need more. So it's been a really big hit. And so a lot of people are just discovering me and this podcast for the first time. The world's a big place, and uh, it's very exciting for people uh, to come and join into our family here, into our network of folks who have a big old open mind, but we don't open it so far that our brains fall out, right? I mean, that's the key. That's, that's the secret to our success is that we keep an open mind, but we also reduce things into very practical, pragmatic terms. It's a fine line. It takes a little personal judgment there, but you can talk about crazy things without being crazy. It's okay to do that. And now... Uh, it's harder than ever to draw the line, (laughs) but we do a pretty good job of it. So I just want to say to all of you who are just now listening for the first time, perhaps to this podcast, um, I am actually only being, I'm I'm only going to be doing a few more editions of this particular podcast before I transition into a new updated podcast. And it's going to have a different name and a different format, and it'll be at a different place, but it's still ultimately the same old thing. It's just me, just moi, sitting there talking uh, in front of a microphone, and I'm I'm allowed to say whatever I want to. But this whole situation uh, has, it, it is a little odd. It's a little awkward to transition. So let me explain to you a little bit about how all this is working because I'm learning myself how, how all this is working. You know, I prize nothing more than my independence. I love my freedom and I love to be able to say what I want to say and and do what I want to do. And, um, I'm very, very fortunate that right now we live in a world where you have so many options for people. I mean, again, going back to the folks who were just tuning in because they saw me on Gaia, isn't it great that I can go on coast to coast AM uh, and I can talk on the radio and people can listen to that if they are driving or in some cases, even if they're working, depending on their work or if they're in the shower or they're cleaning the house, you can listen to that. And then when you feel like watching TV, you can turn it on and now you can see me and George sitting there talking on TV. You can see me playing video and commenting on it and stuff. And, and then you can go to the website after that and you can get interactive you can contact me you can get on the social media stuff you can buy products from the website joshuapwarren.com stuff you won't find anywhere else there's not much more you can do other than physically getting together and, and hanging out which is what we are going to be doing as soon as possible when i have my big conference which is actually going to be my last big conference and the reason is Uh, And it's going to be here in Las Vegas. It was supposed to happen last May. And the reason I'm saying this will be my last one is because it is a huge pain in the ass to put a conference together, a good one, okay? You might be able to throw something sloppy together. But if you want to put a good one together, like I do, 
you have to really put a lot of thought and effort and energy into coordinating everything. And, and then ultimately after that, you know, you're sitting there with your fingers crossed, hoping everything works out okay. And we, we were smooth sailing toward this conference in May. And it's just like nothing could go wrong. You know, I, I, I feel confident that I can even control the weather if I need to. Okay. Yeah. I, and that's based upon experience. I was like smooth sailing. I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't worrying about it. Turn on the TV one day. Here's the governor. Everybody, Vegas is fucking closed. What? Who's ever heard of that? I mean, like, it never even entered my mind. Is it, what, did I? No, I didn't hear that right. You know, I'd, yeah. Who, uh, who would have thunk? So this, what a year. And that's why, okay, I, am, I swear to you we're going to do this new conference. And uh, hopefully we can do it at the same venue. I've already paid for the venue. But you know what? By the time the governor lets us have conferences in this town again, uh, if I have to do it at another place, that's totally cool. I'm fine with that. I can do it wherever I want to. Um, and therefore, uh, hopefully, I'll have an update for you soon. But right now, yeah, you can't do anything here. This town is losing so much money. Um, in fact, every Christmas, all these cowboys come here. 250,000 cowboys come here usually in December and have sort of the, it's like the Super Bowl of rodeo here. They call it the Cowboy Christmas. Everywhere you go, people are wearing cowboy hats. All the statues in town have a cowboy hat on. And uh, they make tons, just bukus of money off of those folks here. Everybody does. And uh, they've been coming here for many, many years. And this is, they finally decided this year, nope. Well, the governor won't let us come here to Vegas, so they're doing it in Texas uh, instead. And boy, that was that was a big blow to the the casinos and all the drivers around here and the hotels and the restaurants. So we're just waiting on this governor to tell us. You, know, I don't see why that all these other states, like well, like Texas, for example, can can make that happen, but not here. But you know how it goes. You know what's happening. A lot's going to change, I'm sure, after the election is over because everybody is politicizing uh, what's going on right now and, and trying to weaponize it. So when it comes to my new podcast, uh, it's an important thing for me to sort of tell you a bit about how I'm transitioning into this and how it's going to relate to all the other things that I do and all these other media and opportunities that, were, that are going to arise. Um, so here's sort of where I'm at right now with the new podcast and why that uh, this transition phase is, is a little, um, like I said, it's, it's a little unfamiliar to me how, how, how exactly all this is going to play out because I value my independence so much that I, I've been offered all kinds of deals to do podcasting gigs. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm happy. My show is 100% independent. I did not, however, foresee this opportunity falling into my lap. What I can tell you is that the only reason that I decided to agree to this was because not only is this with one of the largest marketing and publicity companies in the entire world. But the people that I'm dealing with are people that I know and trust that I've been friends with for a long, long time. And the marketing 
for this. I mean, this show already has a huge following, but this is about to get like bonkers. They are actually going to advertise this show by placing millions. Now, that's not an exaggeration, okay? This is in the contract. Millions and millions and millions of ads for this new podcast are going to be all over the world. And that's a new thing for me because I've always done my own marketing. I mean, honestly, I don't have to try that hard because I, my philosophy is if you just put good content out there these days, people will find you. You know, they'll find it. But um, so, like, for example, when I, I don't go out publicizing Joshua P. Warren Daily all the time, I just started doing it. And, you know, I mention it when I have a chance and all of a sudden word gets around. And now three years later, all these people are listening. So this is going to be pretty wild to have like this giant. I have a, a team of literally hundreds of people that are going to be devoted specifically to marketing this show and thousands of people that are going to be involved in the whole process. This is I'm, I'm telling you this. I told you something big was happening. And even though I can't give you all the details, here is why this transition is becoming a little more complex. I'm kind of used to doing things by myself. And now uh, when you're talking about like getting all these people on board, uh, it's kind of hard to work with me because I'm sort of spontaneous. And to help you understand what I mean by this, I've been hosting radio shows for about 20 years now. And my first hosting gig was on a show called Take a Stand, which was the big political drive time show from 3 to 6 p.m. every weekday in Asheville, North Carolina on News Radio 570 WWNC, the talk of the mountains. And for that three-hour period, I mean, everybody in a whole big region that included Western North Carolina, East Tennessee, parts of South Carolina and Georgia, uh, perhaps even some parts of Virginia, were able to to hear this show. And Matt Matan, uh, he would have me come in there and fill in for him. And this was this was his baby. And I, I was I frequently filled in for him over a long period of, of time. I don't know how many years I I filled in for him, but um, I ended up spending even more time filling in than one usually might because that he was having uh, some some issues with his family at that time, which took him away from his job sometimes for like a week or two. So uh, and then, of course, if there was bad weather, hey, I, you know, here I was starting out as a host. I'd get my uh, my backpack and my sleeping bag and I'd go there and I'd spend the night if there was a blizzard. You know, I'm giving you the weather reports and stuff, sleeping in the corner of the station uh, really a fun way, though, to get introduced to radio because it was all live back then. And so, you know, you'd sit down and we are on the air. And now every little breath that comes out of your mouth is almost instantly hitting people's ears out there. And that is an extremely scary position to be in for the first time if you're not used to that. But then um, eventually it's actually really exciting because you you, you kind of try to prepare for what you do, but then a part of it is just saying, let's just wing this and go with whatever happens. And so you, you, you usually had like a delay, maybe eight or nine second delay. And you've probably heard me tell this story, but it's 
perhaps it's worth repeating. Um, one day I was hosting the show. Now, again, this is 3 to 6 p.m. in a fairly conservative marketplace. And uh, my producer, uh, a woman named Agnes, was sitting there working the board on the other side of the, uh, the table there from me. And I'm just, you know, talking into the live microphone, and I don't even remember what I was talking about. Just blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I look at Agnes's face, and she has this sort of like shocked expression, like deer in the headlights. And she says, Josh, you just said shit. And I went, oh, shit. And she goes, you said it again. And I said, oh, shit. Oh, Josh, you said it. And I get like stuck in this fucking shit loop. You know, like I can't stop saying shit. And she's just like pounding this delay button. This is the only time I've ever screwed up on live radio and said a cuss word in, in 20 years. So she's hitting the dump. There's probably like 45 seconds of silence that day on the radio. I don't know what happened to me. Sudden onset Tourette's syndrome or something. I don't know what happened. But... uh that is FCC regulated radio. And for my new podcast, guess what? I can't cuss. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom's happy to hear that, by the way. So that's good for her. But the reason is, even though this is a podcast, and yeah, you can cuss on a podcast, uh, what they are also going to do is possibly air some of these podcasts or portions of them on the airwaves, like terrestrial broadcasts. Like you might be cruising down the highway and turn on the radio and, oh, there's there's old Josh doing his show. So I can't cuss so that it can be used also on the airwaves. And you know what? That's probably a good thing. Um, I've, I think I've done quite a bit of cussing over the past three years. I think it's out of my system. Uh, and it, it, it allows more people to listen to it also. Uh, so when I'm doing the new podcast, I will not be using bad words. Uh, but you, again, I want to tell you, you should not, um, drop your subscription to this podcast, Joshua P. Warren daily, because I will still be occasionally posting some bonus content here for you, some special reports, um, you know, stuff like that. So you, you want to keep Joshua P. Warren daily. And who knows, maybe one day I'll just, I'll say, oh, this other thing's too complicated, and I'll, I'll go back to just doing my simple format here. But anyway, my, my story point is I went from doing live radio, that, that led me from there into doing my show Speaking of Strange, which was, which was on the air like 15 years. And that started out as a live radio show. And then one day this thing called podcasting popped up. And very, very slowly, podcasting took hold with people who weren't in a position to hear the live show for some reason. You know, they had to work or it was after their bedtime or who knows. And what we found now in the year 2020 is that a lot of these shows that air live actually end up having more listeners who listen to the podcast version of the live show. So when you do the live show, yeah, there's a certain excitement there and you can take phone calls and all that. But it seems like that most people these days 
are listening to podcasts because they they can do it whenever it's convenient. Uh, they can skip around with commercials and stuff like that. It's kind of like on a DVR with your TV. And then also, you know, you can look and see what the topics are. And you can maybe say, oh, this topic sounds interesting. That one, not so much. I mean, it gives the the audience member a lot more power. So as podcasting got bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more popular, then I started finding it to be a more attractive um, thing for me as well because I'm always traveling and working on projects. And so that's why I ended up creating this podcast where I can just get on, say whatever I want to. The funny thing is when I record one of these and then uh, as soon as I'm finished, if I want to, I can upload it and two minutes later, you're listening to it. So it's not live, but it's almost live. And that's why I've been able to do some shows uh, like, for example, when we did the one where we sent Nick Weird to Area 51 and he was calling in every once in a while and giving us updates and I was posting those. And that's almost like live radio. Um, So I'm used to at this point at least being able to record something. And I don't have to pass it by anybody or, or share it with anybody. I just record something, go upload, boom, there it is. I'm done. However, when you have got now all these people who are going to be marketing what you are putting out there, they need to know what to market. So what that means is when I produce a podcast, I have to send it to them so that they can get all the advertising and stuff put together and explain what it is and then bring it out. So there's a delay between me doing the show and then you getting it. And to get us rolling here, I've got to have like at least three or four of these in the can already before we officially launch it. So that they will be able to, it's, it's almost like Netflix. You know how back in the old days you'd watch TV and uh, if you were watching a series, well, every Sunday or whatever, the new show airs and you got to be sitting there in front of the TV to catch the new episode when it airs for the first time, if you're a big fan. Netflix puts out a TV series, though, and they put every damn episode out there all at once. And you can just sit there and we can watch the whole thing in one day if you want. So that's a little bit more like the model they're shooting for. So this is kind of odd for me because... Um, like right now, I can say, you know, send me uh, an email and tell me what you think or whatever. And then I, by, the, by the next time I record, I'll have that email. As I transition into this new podcast, there's going to be a little bit of a, like a lag period where I'm going to be a little bit ahead of the audience. And then we're going to coincide once things get rolling, if that makes any sense at all. So what I mean is to say, I'm going to continue recording Joshua P. Warren dailies until they are officially going to launch the new podcast. And at that point, the Joshua P. Warren daily podcast will stop and then the new podcast will kick in. And but like I say, again, be sure to keep your subscription to Joshua P. Warren daily because I will still be using this for special reports or special projects and stuff like that. So that ought to give you a little bit more insight on um, this, how I'm going to get, I'm getting used to this sort of new way of, of doing this new show. And uh, I signed a contract for a year. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes uh, for a year. 
I think it's going to be a, a huge success and everybody's going to love it. I mean, when you hear this thing, it's like I say, it's got music and I mean, I, I composed all but one of the bumper songs in the very first one, as a matter of fact. It's going to come out on a regular basis at a regular time. And I mean, it's there are many, many benefits. More people are going to hear. And so this is going to open up all kinds of crazy opportunities and all kinds of weird experiments and all kinds of bizarre feedback. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's an insane time in my life right now just getting all this worked out but um so you'll understand if there's a little bit of inconsistency <laughs> in uh and how i'm talking about this until i have that official launch day and it will be very soon so keep listening all right now that you have been updated on that let's get to the main thing i want to share with you today Many of you out there with a wishing machine or a prayer board or a wand or any of these manifestation type devices, um, many of you are using them as you should be to help yourself personally with problems and challenges that you are facing in your life. And, you know, you've got to take care of... Uh, of the person in the mirror first, right? So you can take care of other people. You're not going to do people any good if you're in a in a bad state yourself. So that's step number one is to, to take care of yourself. But you also have to realize that you don't live on an island. Even if you think you do, you don't. We are all connected, and what every person does affects the other person. It's easy to look at the neighbor's house that's on fire and say, oh, well, that sucks for him. That's his house. Let him deal with it. But guess what? That fire spreads. And the next thing you know, it's burning down your house. This is the same thing that happens with sicknesses and illness, which is why I do believe that, you know, policies are one thing, but we really do need to find a way of controlling what, uh, you know, how, how we treat people who are going to come into your country and, and, and bring, you know, some diseases, uh, do it for uh, a lot of reasons, to, to help that person and also to, to help ourselves. But anyway, like I say, you're not on an island. So if you are a Jedi, and I'm talking to those of you who are working with me in order to say, okay, I'm doing pretty well personally. Now I'm taking this to the next level. I'm ready to up my game. I'm ready to be part of the army of light that is, is trying to now go on a greater scale and defeat these dark, evil, globalist powers of legion that are trying to oppress and enslave us. You really need to hear what I'm about to tell you. If you are a person who works with, with radionics and psionics and all this kind of stuff, then I'm sure that you, you started out by just playing around with it to do small things, and you said, oh, wow, that worked. And so you get bigger. Oh, wow, that worked. And you build confidence. And the more confidence you build, the bigger things you're able to manifest, right? It's like I was talking about the other day on the podcast, Yoda 
saying, you know, there is no difference between the little thing and the big thing, only in your mind. But you can't just go in a split second from thinking that something big is small. Uh, It takes some conditioning, you know, and you practice and you get better and better at manifesting things. And as your confidence builds, you become more and more ready to tackle bigger and bigger challenges. And so right now, there is no doubt that we are the good guys. And and if if you've not read my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, I hope that you will read it or at least listen to the audio book. It's available on Kindle. Uh, You can go to Amazon and just search for Joshua P. Warren. It should pop up. Or if you go to joshuapwarren.com, there ought to be a link there right on the uh, top of the homepage. You can click Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. Even if you're not into... Star Wars, it doesn't matter. Anybody can read and appreciate this. Look at the reviews. Last time I checked, it had over 100 reviews and pretty much almost 5 out of 5 stars. So, And you know how ruthless people are on the internet. So, uh, right now, however, you have to consider we are not the only people who have this technology. And in fact, it kind of, um, I have, I've been one of the biggest players in teaching people over the years about how to use wishing machines and manifestation processes. And I've always known that it comes with a risk because sometimes you're talking to the good people and sometimes the bad people are listening in. And so you might say, well, hey, Josh, why don't you just wave your magic wand and make everything a fucking utopia, right? Why don't you just do that, Mr. Wizard? And the problem is, like I say, nobody is an island. I am not God. There are other human beings out there who have access to these same tools. They may have even learned how to use some of this stuff by listening to me. And those people, in some cases, have dark agendas. And once the... uh, the good wizard turns to the dark side now. Oh, great. Now the good wizard knows all my secrets uh, as a bad wizard. And now I have to fight myself. You see, it's like, <laughs> you've seen that movie. Oh, boy. So we're, we're fighting against people out there who are using these types of weapons against us. I get on eBay sometimes and just type in the word psychotronic. And if you're new to the podcast, go back and and look. I did a podcast recently where I explained all about what psychotronics are. In a nutshell, we're talking about a specific type of mysterious technology that was, uh, we'll say, in the modern age, sort of uh, rediscovered and presented by a Czech researcher named Robert Pavlita in like the 1960s and 70s. These are weird little devices that are supposedly able to collect psychic power and store it up like a capacitor and then unleash it for various purposes, which could be good or bad, but that were being used in particular by the Soviet Union and some of their colleagues in order to do bad things, to weaponize them. So often psychotronics are naturally associated with 
with warfare. And also, if you go online and if you go to YouTube.com and type in Joshua P. Warren and Psychotronics, you'll see at least one or two videos. Psychotronic is spelled P-S-Y-C-H-O-T-R-O-N-I-C, Psychotronic. I went to eBay, I typed in Psychotronic, and I was looking at the things that popped up, and a lot of it wasn't what I was looking for. There's like some, I don't know, punk band or some punk magazine out there that had that name. But I came across this little book. It's more of a booklet, and it all, and there wasn't much info. It just said, Psychotronic Warfare, the Soviet's ultimate weapon, the only way to defeat it, written by David Allen Lewis. And I had no idea what it was, but I bought it. So I'm holding it in my hands right now, and it really is a little booklet. You can tell they didn't spend a lot of money to print it. It's less than 30 pages long. Here is what the back of the book says. Russia's mind weapon, brain computer link, psychic military force, remote spying, hypnosis, and killing, psychotronic generators. It seems like science fiction, but many in our military establishment and government are deeply concerned. David Lewis predicted this in 1955. Now it is coming to pass. It is extremely important that Christians stop this evil force in the name of Jesus Christ through intercessory prayer. Here is vital information that will affect our nation's future. This is our only hope. So I was like, oh, this uh, smacks of religion a bit, does it? And so then I, I open it up and it's by Menorah Press. This was published in 19... 19- 86, 1986 by David Allen Lewis. So I start reading this little booklet and uh, it is, yeah, this is a a very, very heavily religiously, you know, biblically oriented booklet. Like this guy must be, uh, you know, a priest or something like that. Pastor. uh, Let's see here. Uh, so, but anyway, somebody who is um, who's taking a very biblical point of view at this whole situation must not be a rabbi because he's talking about Jesus a lot. Anyway, listen. Uh, oh God, I don't want to piss anybody off. Please, I don't want to piss anybody off. Just it's he's a religious guy, and uh, it's interesting because he gets into uh, witches and occult power and. It's a scary kind of text. You know, he's written this as if, oh, these Russians and all these other bad people, they have these weapons and they are trying to tap into them and use them to defeat us spiritually. But screw them and screw their little toys toys and devices. We don't need that shit because we have got the power of God, just like the Bible told us, and we can win this spiritual war just with our own power. So that's kind of like what he's saying here. And, you know, it's 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 an okay read. Um, but something kind of stood out. He, he made an interesting point here that I thought that I should share with you. He mentions the story of Gideon in the Bible. And I thought, you know what? That is, he, this is he made a very interesting point 
that I've kind of made before, but maybe I should remake this opinion right now as we are at this crucial, critical part of the year 2020. And I know a lot of you out there are using psychotronics and, and you know, you're, you're working with psionics and radionics and all these things, and I want you to use them the right way. But it begins with confidence. It begins with you having belief that you are important because if you don't think that you sitting there listening to me can really make a difference, well, uh, I want to show you why the, you, you might be thinking about this the wrong way. Now, I know you hear people say that kind of crap to you all the time when it comes to voting. They say every vote counts except when it doesn't. I mean, we know there are some situations when you get out and vote and it doesn't make a difference. Uh, and, I mean, I'll just give you a simple example of this. Uh, uh, one time, you know, I did one of the absentee ballot things, and uh, I forget, I was going to be traveling or whatever. And they, they announced who the president was, and my ballot hadn't even arrived yet. So... <laughs> I mean, if you, that's why I really think if, you can, if you're going to vote, you should get your ass out there and stand in line and vote. Okay. I don't, this, this whole mail thing, I've, I've already gone over this before. It's, it's just not, it really is not a good idea for any party. I don't care what party you're with. It's not a good idea for any party to do that because you're handing your vote over to a stranger or a series of strangers where a lot of things can go wrong. Overworked, underpaid strangers who <laughs> sometimes just intentionally dump your mail out and burn it or they forget to leave or they forget to close the back of the truck and it blows all over the highway. I mean, this is real stuff that happens every day. Um, so people tell you like, oh, every person counts. And sometimes you go, yeah, right. But when it comes to radionics and psychotronics and manifestation and materialization exercises and using wishing machines and all that and magic and magical thinking, it does matter. Every single person matters. One person can have a huge, huge impact. One person can be enough to tip the scales in one way or the other. And the story of Gideon is uh, reminiscent of the importance. Let me explain. Now, whether or not you believe the stories in the Bible is irrelevant. I certainly don't take anything literally that's been retranslated for thousands of years. Um, so I don't, I don't say like every single word of the Bible is accurate, you know, when there's 20 or 30 different versions of it out there. Um, maybe some of it's just fairy tales, but the point is these are stories which at very least often teach a really important moral, which rings true the longer you live life and are able to experience all of these different circumstances and situations that life puts you in. So when it comes to <clears throat> the Jewish people, the tribes of Israel back in the day, we're talking Old Testament times, this is from the book of Judges. Um, uh, this particular story. But, you know, there's this pattern with the Jewish people, the tribes of Israel. They get enslaved and stuff like bad stuff happens to them. And then God comes and he chooses a guy and says, 
you're going to go out there and you're going to change all this around. You're going to whoop everybody back into shape. And one way or another, this happens. Usually with a lot of death and destruction and some bad shit goes down. And everybody turns around and they, they, they say, oh, thank you, God. You're the greatest dude ever, you know, and everything's hunky-dory for years. And then they get all spoiled and then they start getting all loosey-goosey and start worshiping idols and false gods and all this kind of bullshit again. And then, um, and then God gets pissed off and says, ah, really? You've forgotten already? You know, and so then now he has to choose another guy. And this guy goes out and whoops some ass and does some uh, miracles and destroys the false gods. And, and this is a cycle that goes on and on. People never really learn. We're, we're not that different nowadays, are we? Yeah. When, when things go well, we're like, oh, smooth sailing, and we just take it for granted, and we get spoiled, and we move right back into dark territory where we have to get our asses kicked again to get us back where we need to be. Human nature. Well, on this particular occasion, there was this guy uh, in this one tribe of Israel called Manasseh. His name was Gideon. And uh, I don't know a lot about Gideon, but he must have been, you know, a fairly ordinary guy. It doesn't say like he was anybody of prominence. And so one day Gideon was getting some shade and I, and I'm paraphrasing this story, but I I do have, <clears throat> let's see, I've got the Wikipedia article here. I, I read this in the Bible, by the way. So I have read this, but uh, uh, Wikipedia, when you're doing a podcast, it makes it easy to hit some highlights. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Gideon was resting on uh, a roadway getting some shade and he was at that time he was in this town where he and all the other israelites were being repressed by this tribe called the midianites the midianites and so the midianites are the bad guys in this story and the Midianites wanted everybody to worship a false god named Baal. You know that. You've seen that word, B-A-A-L. I used to think it was Baal. That sounds like a guy you don't want to mess with. This is the god Baal. He only needs one. And, but no, it's apparently it's Baal. So they always worship Baal uh, from time to time in the Bible here. And if you look up Baal, it says, um, inscriptions show he was associated with the storm and fertility. Uh, later on in Christianity and Islam, his name was taken to represent Beelzebub and demonology, not a nice guy. If you really want to piss God off, there's you can, there's a lot of stuff you can do to piss God off. But the thing that you that really pisses him off in the Bible is if you worship a false god, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So in this town, they had a big old altar there to Baal, with a little garden next to it, and that's what the whole little town was swirling around oh the worship of Baal. so Gideon is resting in this town kind of on the outskirts of the town under a tree of some kind getting a little shade and God decides to send an angel to visit him 
And this is one of the strangest and also most eerie things about the Bible is that often God will decide to send an angel who just looks like a raggedy old man. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear you never know when you're talking to an angel. And so the man sits down and starts talking to Gideon. And finally, the angel breaks the news and he says, I am an angel and the Lord has sent me here to talk to you. You're a great man of valor. And, uh, of course, Gideon says, yeah, right. He doesn't believe that. And so the angel uh, is trying to convince him. And so Gideon basically says, well, you got to show me something to make me believe, you know, that you're an angel. And the angel goes, okay, okay, I'll, I'll show you something. But, uh, you know, if I do this, you got you got to do something for God. you got to go in to the town there, and you got to tear that idol of Baal down and uh, erect something to God, you know, the one true God. And he says, and Gideon goes, yeah, they're going to kill me if I do that. So, you know, there ain't no way I'm going to do that just because you tell me. And so uh, the angel's like, what do you want me to do? So Gideon goes over and he gets some, I think it's like some components that you might bake some bread with or something, and he puts them on a rock. And he says, oh, make that magically bake. And so uh, the angel goes over and he has a staff, i.e. wand, right? Isn't that funny how that comes up again? Hmm. What is the power of wands and staffs? The angel, which is the raggedy old man, points his staff at the rock. Boom, a gigantic column of fire. It doesn't just cook this stuff. Like a huge column of fire shoots up into the air and... Gideon is convinced. He's like, okay, fine. I believe. So Gideon um, gets a couple of oxes and some some buddies, and they go in at night, and they tear down this statue of Baal, and they, uh, they cut some of the garden down, and they put some kind of stuff up there to God because God wants to have his monument there. And so, of course, they find out who did it, and the townspeople want to kill him. But then other townspeople start standing up for him and, you know, things are kind of working out okay for him. So at this point, God is pleased. This is kind of like drunk history, by the way, if the way I tell these stories, but you get the point. So, so God is pleased and says, all right, now I've got your real mission here. You're going to go over to this town where all the Midianites live and you're going to get rid of their asses all right you're gonna you're gonna get them out of here and uh which seems just pff, absurd at this point Gideon's like oh uh, there's no way you know I, I don't there's they have tons of people who knows hundreds of thousands maybe millions of people there we don't have any any kind of an army like that we can't do that God says well that's what I want you to do so Gideon says well I gotta have some proof here once again so Gideon comes up with a couple things. He says, okay, I'm going to put this fleece down. You know, that's like the sheep's fur or whatever. He says, I'm going to put the, this fleece down. And tomorrow if I wake up and the fleece is wet with dew, but the ground is dry, then that'll be a sign. All right, fine. So he gets up, the fleece is wet, and the ground is dry. He wrings that fleece out, big old bowl full of water. 
And then God goes, are you ready to do this? And Gideon says, please don't be too pissed off at me. But (laughs) I'm going to need another miracle just to make sure. Okay, fine. What do you want? He says, well, tomorrow I want to get up and uh, the fleece is dry, but the ground is wet with dew. All right, fine. Done. So he gets up the next day. Sure enough, the fleece is dry. The ground is wet. That's all it takes. He's seen the fire come down. So he starts rounding up men with virtually no resources to go in and feed these Midianites. He is able to round up 32,000 people. That sounds like a lot of people, doesn't it? 32,000 people. And they all go and they kind of position themselves on the outskirts of this town that they're supposed to invade. And God, and I don't know exactly in what form God is speaking to Gideon at this point, by the way, but God says to Gideon, wait a second, this is not going to work. Gideon says, why? God says, you got too many people. And he says, too many people? Yeah, too many people. How can that be? What? Gideon doesn't under, what's the problem with too many people? God says, listen, it's not, it's not about how many people you have. You got to have the right people. If you have too many people, it's just going to screw everything up. God says, go and get up on a rock or whatever and speak and say, listen, anybody who wants to go home, we, that's fine. We don't really need most of you. If you don't really believe in this, if your heart's not in it, if you're afraid or whatever, turn around, go home. So he gives that speech and now he, he gives the speech to 32,000 people and 22,000 of them say, well, that sounds good to me. And they turn around and leave. <laughs> so now he's left with 10,000 people. Gideon is not very happy about this and you can see why. But that's what God wanted. So Gideon goes back and says, well, uh, thanks a lot, God. Now I have, you know, like less than a third of what I had. And God said, it's still too many people. Gideon says, what? Yes. I want you now to take all these men down to the river for a drink. And I want you to, you and your guys, you watch how they drink the water. Some of them will kneel down and scoop up the water with their hands and put it in their mouths and the ones who do that, you put them in, in one group over here. And some of these guys will lay down on their bellies and they'll kind of crawl up to the water and they'll lap it out of there like a dog. And you find those and you put them in another group. No explanation for this, by the way, but okay. Gideon does this and he finds that... God wants him to save the men who got on their bellies and lapped the water like a dog. Only 300 men did that. 9,700 of them used the other method. Gideon dismissed them and was left with 300 people. And now he is shitting bricks. Like, seriously. He started with 32,000 guys. God has had him whittle it down to 300 men to go and invade this big-ass city. Talk about having some faith. But God says, all right, now we got the right guys. 
And so then he says, here's what we're going to do. And he starts giving Gideon some little tactics. And Gideon is able to give every single one of those 300 men two things. He gives them a trumpet. And he gives them a pitcher and a torch. Like a candle, basically. And that night, they divide into three groups, each with 100 men. And they kind of surround part of this town where the Midianites live. And when Gideon, when Gideon blows his trumpet, all the other guys simultaneously blow their trumpets and crack open their pitchers so that this flame inside can be seen. And betwixt them holding the flame and blowing the trumpet, and then screaming that they're there to kick some ass in the name of the Lord, they look like a gigantic army, and it just scares everybody in the town to death. They all go fleeing, and once they're running, then then they chase them down, and they start killing them, and they run them clear to Kalamazoo and kill as many as they can, and miraculously take back the whole region and everybody is so amazed by what Gideon did that you know they start worshiping God again and that works out until well eventually it doesn't work out (laughs) now why do I tell you this story again this dude David Allen Lewis mentioned it in his psychotronic warfare booklet I'm telling it to you because when you are fighting against the forces of evil it's not just about numbers. It's you, you shouldn't think, oh, it's just little old me. Well, for one thing, it's not little old you. I'm here, okay? It's you and me. So at least you've got moi, Mr. Joshua P. Warren, with you. But not just me. You've got Dr. Mulder. You have Tom Vrillock. You have a lot of people whose I, names I know that I want use on the air. A lot of people, a lot of people who are fighting for you and with you to overcome the forces of darkness and to help make sure this year ends on a positive note. Every single person is important. And it doesn't matter if there are more evil people than good people. That doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter if the media has been infiltrated by people who have hidden agendas. That doesn't matter at all. Because... If 10 guys with knives try to attack one guy with a machine gun, who do you think is probably going to win? If you have 10,000 people with spears and one guy with an atomic bomb, who do you think is going to win the fight? It's not about numbers. It's about being smart. It is about being more advanced in how you think about these things. And it's also about being humble enough to want to do what's right and and asking for the universe in whatever form to help you make wise decisions and do what is right. And so we are right now at a very, very important point in history. And so whatever manifestations that you are doing, that you've learned how to do, that you focus upon, I hope you're using it to help yourself. 
but save a little for helping the world, right? Put your two cents in. At least do whatever you can to throw as much energy toward the election. And I'm not going to tell you my opinions on that. I don't get into my opinions on politics. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to try to interpret what's good or what's bad for you. I think that you're smart enough to figure that out for yourself. But vote for what's good. Vote for freedom. Vote for logic. And use your devices in order to enlighten people so that good choices are made. Because if bad choices are made and things don't turn out the way that they that we want them to, then every single one of us is going to be living in a world that, uh, well, we may not like for a long, long time. So this is when it's time to be a Jedi, okay? Time to be a Jedi and fight the Sith. So take that to heart. Think about that. You're important. Don't Don't become apathetic. Don't just look at your machine and say, oh, yeah, I forgot I had that thing. No. Hey, if you're not using it, pull it out, use it, do something. We need you right now. Well, my friends, I want you to remember this. Sometimes you need a refresher every day when you wake up, no matter what happens the day before. I want you to just pause for a moment. Try to do it before you even look at your phone if you can. Certainly before you go pee or maybe while you're peeing. Say to yourself strongly. It could be out loud or it could be just in your mind silently. Say to yourself, I live in a friendly, loving, supportive universe that wants me to be happy and succeed. I live in a friendly loving, supportive universe that wants me to be happy and succeed. Here it is again. I live in a friendly, loving, supportive universe that wants me to be happy and succeed. It doesn't have to be that exact wording. But say something like that every single day. That's where it begins for you. And what is good for you is good for all of us. And you can learn more about that if you read or listen to my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. Funny to think that next month, which is going to be here, well, very quickly, October, should be, has the potential to be, a fun time. Halloween, people like to dress up and party and do festive things. I hope that we can do that and make the most of it this October season. Obviously, it's going to be an ugly one because of all the political bullshit that's going on. But hopefully, you can you can really do some cool stuff with October this year. And then as soon as that's over, guess what? Holidays! Can you believe that? It's going to be right back to Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and all that kind of stuff. Right? Amazing to think that we basically have one month before we start transitioning into the holidays, which are going to be marked by all this political stuff. Build a shield around yourself. Protect yourself. Make sure that you have fun. And I want you to be sure that you patronize businesses that create good energy, 
that are staffed by nice, respectful, courteous people who care about you and who run their business responsibly. That's why if you're anywhere near Asheville, North Carolina, I really hope that you'll take one of my haunted Asheville ghost tours. We win a certificate of excellence from TripAdvisor based upon customer reviews every year. And this year, we were voted one of the top three best ghost tours in the USA by readers of USA Today. So we sell out almost every tour in October. We have tours going on every single night in October of this year, and some of them are already sold out. So I hope that you will make your reservation right now. Go to hauntedashville.com, hauntedashville.com. Click the big red button that says book online now. Excuse me, a, a calendar will pop up, and that calendar will show you all the dates and whether or not they are available. And uh, you can click on the date and then look at the times. Some days we have uh, two or three different times. Some days we just have one time. It just depends on guide availability. So go to hauntedashville.com. Asheville is spelled with an E in the middle. A-S-H-E-V-I-L-L-E. Hauntedashville.com. And take a Haunted Asheville ghost tour or a supernatural tour. You'll see all the options there. But know this. I created this tour company. It's based upon my work, my book, Haunted Asheville. I have owned it since I was a teenager. I manage it. And the people I work with are the best people. They're experts. They're people who are locals who really know what they're talking about. We don't use scripts or any stuff like that. And when you go on this tour, you are going to experience good energy. Because you're going to be, if you like me, if you like this podcast, if you like the stuff I'm talking about, you're going to like these tours. Because it goes right down for me into the whole company. All right, We're all on the same page. We're all on the same wavelength. We're the same type of people. And we want to treat you with respect and give you a great time. HauntedAsheville.com So, um, let's see. Oh, gosh. there's. You know what? I've got my new product coming out. I'm supposed to pick up uh, that in a few days because uh, I had to have some stuff manufactured for me. And then I'll be telling you all about that. I'm going to shoot a new video for that. Uh, my new book is going to be out in October. I haven't even told you what that is yet. And then I'll keep you updated on what's happening with the new podcast. God, my, there's too much going on. <laughs> what a year. So, look, even though... Um, as you know, things are transitioning here. It is important for you to tell everybody what, you know, how to find us and how to keep up with what we're doing. It's more important than ever for you to sign up for the free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. And, uh, or you know what? If you need help, if you need money right now, if you don't have any money and you listen to me and you go, gosh, that all sounds great, Josh, but I don't have money to do anything. Go to freecharm.com, F-R-E-E-C-H-A-R-M.com, freecharm.com. I had a woman from England who emailed me today, and she says, I want a wishing machine, but I don't have the money for one. I said, go to freecharm.com, read the free material there, and you will manifest the money that you'll need if you really want to get one of these things. Start at freecharm.com, freecharm.com. But if you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, and tell everybody to go there, if all your friends, all your loved ones, people you care about, people who will get this, go to joshuapwarren.com. 
sign up for the free e-newsletter. That way I can keep you informed of my uh, my new place for the new podcast and how to find me and what I'm up to. Click the link to the Curiosity Shop where you will find amazing things that you will not find anywhere else in the world. We're selling out pretty fast right now on uh, prayer boards, miraculous prayer boards, and also the custom Joshua P. Warren sigil pendant set. Um, so those are those are flying out the door. So I don't know if we're going to have those much longer. Uh, go to the Curiosity Shop at joshuapwarren.com and click the link to this podcast. You'll see it there on the homepage. Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short, always free, commercial free, uncensored, independent. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.